Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Hallelujah. This word is so powerful that when it gets into a human heart, it just it's like an explosion. You know, it, it, things go off. Things change. You know, it started changing in me like 35 years ago, and I'm still changing. Say thank God for that. You know, but, but uh, you know, I'm not where I want to be yet. I'm still moving forward like all of us. It's from faith to faith, from glory to glory, you know, being changed into his image. And it's not a works thing. It's not like, oh, i got to strive. i got to be this. No, the word does the work. You get the word in you, and it does the work. It changes you from the inside out. Religion, what religion is all about is it tries to push people into a mold. It tries to form them and make, you know, like Dana said in that video, little cookie cutters out of everybody so that we're all just little good little Christians, you know. Got my Christian haircut, got my Christian sport coat on. Woo, yeah, I'm Christian, man. Woo, yeah. No, that's not a Christian. Christian is like having an experience with God where you change from the inside out. You're a brand, it says you're a brand new creation in Christ. A, something that never before existed. It says the old person is gone, there's a new person living in there. And it's allowing the person on the inside of you to have expression in life. You know, that's what it's really all about. How does that happen? Well, you feed that guy on the inside. You know what he eats? He doesn't eat Cheerios. He doesn't eat fishy crackers. He eats the Word of God. You feed him the word, you know, at home and in church. You know, you get, you get a meal here, you get a meal at home. I tell you, you should eat every day. You know, some people, one man said this. He said some Christians, you know, feed their bodies three hot meals a day and they feed their spirit one cold snack a week and wonder why they don't have victory. Well, that's not true in this place. You guys know how to feast, how to feast on the word. That's what puts you over in life. You know, you can't do it on your own. You know, you're like a, a rat on a wheel. If you're trying to do it on your own self, you'll never get anywhere. But you get his word, and you get it on the inside of you. And I'll tell you what, there's no limit to where you can go in Christ. Hallelujah. It's not my message at all. That was all free. Okay? That's just the free stuff that, you know, goes to you. But we are going to talk this morning, and, and my guess would be for a week or two at least, you know, on, on a topic that um, really I try to bring this up every year. I purposely try to, I look sometimes at what I preach. You guys wonder sometimes, don't you? I do go back and I look at what I preach and, you know, and it's been stirring in my heart that I need to do it again, but we need to talk about healing. You know, did you ever hear about healing before? Hallelujah. Healing belongs to you. Say this, say healing, healing. belongs to me. Hallelujah. You know, it's a fact that healing belongs to you. It's been purchased for you. It's been paid for. I love that fact. I love it. You know, I can, I, I, when I've paid for something, I can enjoy it. And Jesus paid for my healing. He paid for your healing. And, and, and here's a danger, you know, with something like healing. Can I tell you a danger? A danger is, is that we embrace it like, yeah, I know healing. I know about healing. I believe in that healing. Yeah, it's a doctrine of the church. It's, it, it's, it's for me today. As long as it's a doctrine of the church, well, that's a cool thing. But if that's all it ever is for you, it won't work for you. Healing has to be your possession. It has to be something that you embrace. It's got to be something that's alive to you today. Well, yeah, I got healed back in, you know, 1962. I got healed. Well, that's good. But healing is for you today. 
healing something that, that, that's like, you know, just like I couldn't say, well, I ate, ate a meal, you know, three months ago, you know, I probably wouldn't be here, you know, wouldn't be much of me anyway. But, uh, you know, you need, to, you need to feed, this is something you need to feed on regularly. I'll go as far as to say that, that just a normal Christian, you know, not even facing things, you know, extraordinary in life, no big challenges, you need to feed on healing every day. Now, if you're facing something in, in life, you know, there's a challenge in your, your road, you know, of, 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 of healing, of sickness is trying to come on you, you need, to, you need to do what you need to do, man. You need to, you need to just saturate yourself with the word on healing. You know, as, as my kids were growing up, you know, as a parent, you know, you look at things from one perspective that you may not just, you know, walking along in life, but, you know, it'd make me mad when my kids would get, get sick. You know, ever, ever have a parent, any parents here ever get mad when your kids are sick? You know, I, I, I've learned to get mad when I get sick, you know, or when sickness tries to come against me now, but, but it would make me mad when my kids are sick. And I, I'd go and I'd look over some scriptures, you know, I had some healing scriptures written out. You know, back in the day, we didn't have computers, Back in the day, you know, uh, if, you, if you had an IBM Selectrix, that was, that was really something. If you knew how to type on it, that was a whole other field. But, but you, know, uh, you know, I had typed out scriptures. You know, I think I had 17 pages of scriptures typed out all on healing. And I'd go and I'd read them things when my kids would be sick. And you know what I'd do? I'd read them until one, of, one or two of them would jump out at me. Do you know what I mean by that? I mean, it was like, whoa, whoa. I'm getting that one. And, you know, it wasn't always the same one. Different ones would jump out at me. But when I'd, that one would jump out at me, that's the one I'd stand on. That's the one I'd say, bless God, that's, that belongs to this family. That's how you work this stuff, okay? This is really basic. I'm, I, I might go really basic. But I'm telling you what, this stuff, you know, is alive. It's, it's freedom. You know, I've said for years that this church has a well of salvation. And when I say that, I know God knows what I mean. How many have ever prayed with me and I've prayed that way? I pray that way all the time. I know everybody in the band or worship team knows, knows that. But, but I pray this. This is what I mean when I say that. I mean that when people come in this building, that it's easy to get saved. You know, walls are, are destroyed. You know, things that have tried to hold people back before, they're, they're gone. Because it's just an easy, it's as easy as, as a hot knife going through butter for people to get saved in this church. That's what I believe for. Well, you know what I'm going to start saying too, along with that? This is an easy place to get healed. This is an easy place to get healed. People can come in here and, and be really innocent and sit in their seats and bam, healing power hits them and, and they get healed. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that. I'm going to pray that. Because that's what I'm believing for. I'm believing for people's lives to be changed by the Word of God. Hallelujah. By the power of God. By the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. We take the whole package here. Whew. What do you want on that roll? Well, I'll take peanut butter, jelly. I'll take all you got there. Okay? Hallelujah. I'm adventurous. I'll try it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Eating in Haiti, man. I'll take a goat. Yeah. Never did get any of them goats, did we, Katie? Man. But anyway, we would have ate them. That's right. All right, turn to Mark 5. We'll start here. Mark chapter 5 is a, is a great story here of faith. There's a woman here that was sick. She's a woman just like you and me, you know. She, she, she was, you know, doesn't say a whole lot about her except that, that she was sick. And she had, yeah, I'm not identifying with the sickness, but what I'm saying is that, that you know, 
Anybody can get healed. This is what I'm telling you. Anybody can get healed. Healing is not for some select few in the Bible. Some people have, have, have missed it because they've had this thinking that God only heals a few. And if I'm not one of them few, I might as well give it up right now. Now, as we read about this woman, she didn't sit there and have a prayer meeting and fast and, and seek God to see if she was one of the select few. No, she acted on her faith. She acted on her faith. So in, in Mark 5, verse 25, it says this, there was a certain woman. Again, this wasn't a parable. This was a real person, lived and breathed in plan, on planet Earth. And she had an issue of blood for 12 years. It's a long time, 12 years. You ever had anything you've dealt with for 12 years? Some of you have. It's a long time. You, can, you know what kind of thinking you can have after 12 years? You can think, this is my lot in life. This is who I am. You know, we read on, it says that, that she'd spent everything she had. She'd gone to physicians. She'd spent all her money and was not any better, but rather she grew worse. She grew worse. I mean, that can give you a mindset that there is no hope. That can give you a mindset that, 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 that this is part of who I am. This can give you a new identity. You know who I am? I'm that one with the issue of blood. That's me. That's who I am. You can identify with sickness. Some people can identify with sickness so much, it's like, it's like they've sat in this chair so long. Is there any loose chairs around here? Here's a loose chair. All right. Some people have had sickness so long, they've sat in this chair for 12 years, you know? And it's like when they get up, they just take that chair with them everywhere they go because they think that's who they are. See, that's who I am. I'm part of this chair. And, and some people have buddied up to sickness. That won't last. Um, so long, they've buddied up to sickness for so long that they've, they've changed their identity. It's become who they are. Sometimes it's because of emotion, you know, or, or you know, people get, get pity. Don't let pity rule your life. Don't allow self-pity because it'll keep you bound, okay? We're just going. You know, this is family stuff. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to shoot from the hip some of this stuff and just tell you what I'm, what, what's in there, okay? Because I love you. I want, I want us all walking healthy. I want us enjoying the benefits that God has purchased for us. You know, and these benefits, the blessings of God, they don't just fall on you because you're nice. They don't just drop in your lap because you're a good person and you go to church. I'm just going to let that sit in for a minute. They don't just come to you because you tied a tie or you've combed your hair or you did certain things. They come on you because you go after them. They come on you because, this is how the Bible would say it, it's because you lay hold on them by faith. Okay? Okay, just, just shooting it out there. So this woman, she'd been, she'd been suffering for 12 years, spent everything she had, been to every doctor. Can you imagine the things she had heard? You know, I've got to tell you, you've got to be careful what you hear in life. You've got to be careful what you listen to when you're fighting a battle. Don't be listening to every voice that's out there, even though some of them are very logical. You won't win this battle with logic. 
you win it by faith. All right. It says that when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. And she touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I'll be whole. Now, I don't know exactly what she heard about Jesus, but I can, I can kind of go off on this. She had to have heard that he was a healer. She had to have heard that compassion flowed from him because she didn't even have a doubt. Like I said, is this going to be for me or is it, maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's just for other people. But I tell you what, healing is for you. Healing is for every person. God loves you. Say that. Say, God loves me. He cares about my life. He wants me well. Healing is not for a select few. I've said that already, but I'm saying it again because I tell you what, the devil's mean and he'll hammer things on people. He'll try to tell you, you know, you might have been healed before, but you're not getting it this time. You know, your Uncle Fred got healed, but I tell you, you're not going to get your healing. No, that's a lie. That is a lie. You need to say, liar, liar, pants on fire. The truth is, healing is for every person. Healing belongs to you. Jesus died for you. How many have heard that one? If you'd have been the only person there on the earth, Jesus would have died for you. And you know, if that's true about salvation, if that's true about your eternal destiny, it is true about healing. It is the truth. Because, you know, the very word salvation... I'm probably skipping way up in my notes here, but that's okay. I might say it again later. The very word for salvation is the Greek word sozo, sozo, S-O-Z-O. And the word sozo means more than just living forever in heaven. Now, believe me, I'm not making light of that because there's nowhere else I'd rather live forever than in heaven. That is the greatest thing you know, to ever hit the planet, that, that God loves us so much that we can live forever in heaven. And I tell you, there is no loss. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen in this earth? You know, you die and you go to heaven. I'm telling you what, you're going to stand before the throne of God and, you know, all these wild creatures are around there saying, holy, holy, and people are falling down and lightnings are shooting out of the throne and purple colors and green colors and seas, emerald seas and all this kind of stuff. And you're sitting there going, I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen. But sozo means being delivered. It means being saved. It means being healed. It means being preserved. And it means having soundness of mind. All five of those things are what the meaning of sozo includes. So when we say this, if Jesus would die for you, if you're the only person... On the earth. Let me tell you something. Jesus would have paid the price for your healing. If you were the only person on the earth. Healing belongs to you. Healing is a, is a paid for possession. That you have. When sickness comes and knocks on your door. Here's the viewpoint. Okay. How, do you guys have perspective on things like this? I mean this is how I see it. When sickness tries to come and knock on my door. Doesn't sound like my door, but, but if it tried to knock on my door, what it is, is it's a thief trying to steal something that belongs to me already. I'm not a sick person trying to get healed. I'm a healed person 
you know, saying, no, you're not stealing from me, okay? Healing is part of who I am. My identity is not with sickness. My identity is with Jesus Christ. My identity is I'm a healed person. Okay, are you getting all this? I'm preaching to spirits. You know, I don't like to preach to heads. Yet this is a secret. I don't usually tell you guys this. But as a minister, I don't preach to your head. I'm preaching to your spirit. I'm putting things inside you. You know, I don't, I don't really care if anything gets in people's heads. I, I'm preaching to people's spirits. I'm telling you life. I'm telling you things that can cause you to rise up and be, be somebody you never dreamed possible. It's like Mary said, you know, you see the end of this thing and you think, you could, you, you know, you can say, oh my goodness. You know, I, I told you this before probably, but I remember when God talked to Dana and I about coming to Menominee. You know, we, Dana was praying in tongues and she heard herself say Menominee for a couple years. After a couple years, she, she, she shares that with me. You know, you always wonder what your wife's got that she's been sitting on for a couple years. <laughs> I don't know, Paul, if it makes any difference, but when I pray in tongues the last two years, I hear myself say the word Menominee. Well, that could mean something, Dana. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, you know, when we first came to Menominee, you know, drove through the very first time back on Easter morning of, it was the year 2000. And, and we drove through on exit. We were coming from Eau Claire. We came on exit 45, drove through town, saw the Culver's, never saw one of those before. I thought, that's cool. Drove through town, saw the Christian bookstore, saw the lake. Wow, what a nice place. And ended up at Perkins, stopped in there, looked in the phone book, see what kind of churches there were in town. Didn't see any like us, you know. We're a different flavor. You know, there's other good flavors too. Some people like, like Dana said, some people like vanilla, some people like Reese's Pieces. You know, we got our Reese's Pieces in this church. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Anyway, but, uh, you know, um, but anyway, I didn't see any that were quite like us, so I said, huh, that seems good, you know, and, and, and I called up Rama, you know, talked to Doug Jones and said, Doug, you know, we're, we're thinking about starting a church in Menominee. You guys, guys got agreement with that? And he, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, Paul, good, you know, go for it, follow God. So, you know, then, then we came back, uh, the, I think a week or two later, actually with Peter and Mary Harding, Probably all the kids, everybody, you know. We drove in, and, 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 and as we're, we're coming here, Dana, Dana just all of a sudden, she looked at this place, and it was, like, it was like David looking at Goliath, only he wasn't in a spirit of faith. And, and, and she, she was like, ah, 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 I don't know how we can do this. How do, we, do you ever have that happen in life? She goes, ah, I don't know how this is ever going to work. Can, can we really do this, Paul? I don't know. And the whole trip, we were here in Menominee. We, you know, we went into Oaklawn grade school, looking at buildings and things, just kind of observing the land like the spies, checking it out. And I was, frankly, as the husband here, I was getting kind of irritated at Dana. Paul, you never get irritated. Well, sometimes I did. And, and, and you know, I was saying, Dana, just, just keep a lid on that. Don't, don't speak negative, you know. So finally, when we got home, and Pete and Mary and the kids left, and I just grabbed Dana, and I, and I gave her a hug right in the doorway of our house. And when I did that, I said, In Jesus' name, I command this doubt and unbelief to go, and this, this oppressive thing, leave her. And you know what it did? Just like that. And just like that, it came on me. See, this was before the day I learned to say, Be removed and cast in the sea. And, you know, actually for days I walked around. Man, she only had it for a couple hours. For days I walked around just a negative old, you know, coot, you know. And, and, and she'd try to encourage me. And, 
and you know, but 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 it takes God. And finally, finally, I put my big boy pants on and said, "Bless God, we're going forward. We're going to obey God." But I'm telling you, sometimes you can look at stuff and you can get overwhelmed. But I'm telling you this too: the greater one lives in you. And you know what? If God's shown you something, if He's given you a vision, you know what? Hold on. Hold on. Don't let go of the glimpses. Don't let go of the, the words that God has spoken into your life because you know what? It might seem like they're tarrying, but I'll tell you what, they'll come to pass if you just hold steady. Hold steady. Hey, I'll talk to you, Mary. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Where in the world were we here? All right, so, you know, she'd spent everything and, and, and wasn't any better. She actually got worse. She got worse. She got worse. You know, I'm not knocking doctors. Sometimes people go to, I've been to a doctor before, but don't ever have faith in doctors. Have faith in Christ. Have faith in His Word. You know, and if you're going to a doctor, man, don't get all condemned or feel like, oh, I don't have faith. No, come on. You know, they're fighting the same battle, and they're trying to help, most of them. And, and uh, you know what? I don't care how healing comes. I don't care how healing comes. I mean, you know, if a dog comes with a brown bag and drops it at my feet, you know, and that's healing, hey, cool, nice, you know. I don't care. God can, whatever, whatever. Good, get your faith involved, though. Believe God. Believe God. If you're taking medicine, believe God is the, is the healing power working in you. Don't believe, in fact, pray over medicine. We used to give medicine to our kids when, when they were little, you know, sometimes, you know, you're doing everything you can as a parent. This is something I've told parents before. I've told me before. You know, you can believe God for yourself and do whatever you want. When it comes to your kid, if you don't see results like this, you know, do something. Relieve their pain. Relieve their suffering. You know, get them all the help you can. Hit it with every hammer you got. You know, when a thief comes in in the house, you know, you know, you don't just make them a cup of tea and have them sit down on the lazy boy or whatever. Say, hey, you know, put your feet up. No, I mean, you get a club. You know, some people keep a baseball bat under the bed, and they go after that thing. I'm telling you, you don't just get a baseball bat. Get everything you got and go after that thing. Get rid of it. Huh. Okay. All right. So anyway, she'd spent all she had, got nothing better, but rather grew worse. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. In verse 30, it says, Jesus immediately knew in himself that virtue had gone out of him. And he turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? He looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, told him all the truth, said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Behold all thy plague. That was a lot to read. i got to go back. You know, this woman reached through a crowd and she touched Jesus and it said virtue came out of Jesus. Another translation said power came out of Jesus. The 20th century translation says Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Who has made a demand on my power? Who made a demand on my power? Many people were touching Jesus that day. He was walking through a crowd. The disciples even thought it strange that he asked, Who touched me? They said, Don't you see it, Jesus? There's a multitude touching you right now. But Jesus said, There's something different about this one touching me. This one's laying hold on the power in me. 
This one is laying hold by faith and drawing out things that are from heaven, things that will heal bodies. In Acts 10.38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So what kind of power did Jesus have? He had healing power. Healing power. He was a container of healing power. i got to tell you guys something. You guys are containers of healing power. When we lay hands on people that are, are, are fighting sickness, I'm telling you, it isn't these hands that heal people. It's healing power that we have in us. It's healing power that came to us because we're born-again Christians. It didn't come to us because, you know, whatever, we did something great. It came to us absolutely because we're new creatures in Christ. You got Him, you got the goods. You got Him, you got healing. You got him, you got prosperity. You got him, you got victory. I'm telling you what, there's power living on the inside of us. There's power. So this woman pressed through the crowd and made a demand on the power. She made a demand on healing power. And then Jesus, you know, of course, it says it, she felt in her body that she was whole. And, you know, and she was, you know, who knows, you can get crazy. You know, even when you're in faith... You can have funny thoughts come. Even when you're in faith, you can have funny thoughts come. Faith is not a product of your thoughts. It's not something that comes out of your head. Faith is of your heart. Faith is of your heart. Salvation works when you believe in your heart and you say it with your mouth. I always remember, you know, Cliff Abate and myself were out witnessing one time. And we were actually, you know, going up to people's doors and knocking, you know. <laughs> wow, that was, we did that. And I remember we, we, this one young girl um, opened the door, and she was interested in what we were saying. And we got down to the, you know, finally telling her to lead her in a prayer of salvation. She looked at us and said, hey, Part of me believes what you're saying and part of me doesn't. Do you ever have anything like that happen? Part of me believes and part of me doesn't. Well, I looked at her. I know the Holy Ghost gave this to me. I looked at her and I said, well, let me ask you this. Do you think it's maybe your head that doesn't believe, but maybe your heart believes? And the girl went, yeah, that's right. I said, no problem. Because the Bible, all it says is believe in your heart. So what I'm telling you today is you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. And it'll still work. You can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. And it'll still work for you. Faith is of your heart. The, the key is though, you've got to yield to your heart. And not be ruled by your head. Okay? Am I, am I going too far with all this today? I'm just shooting it out here. Again, Jesus said to her, He said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Jesus didn't say, Well, daughter, I guess it was my faith at work here. Well, now, did Jesus have faith? Absolutely. Absolutely, He has faith. Did the disciples have faith? I'm sure they had faith, you know? 
You hang around somebody like Jesus a while, I'm telling you what, you'll have faith. Same thing's true of you. You hang around Jesus. You spend time with him. You know, spend time with him in his word. You hear what he has to say. It'll build your faith. It'll build your faith. You know, but, but Jesus didn't say he had faith or his disciples had faith. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. That ought to excite you. That ought to make you go, yeah, glory to God, yeah. Because if her, mate, her faith made her whole, your faith can make you whole. Say that with me. Say, my faith, my faith. can make me whole. You know, I, I, I totally believe in, in, in you know, going to, I, I remember reading in Charisma Magazine. Is there still a Charisma Magazine? I, I don't even know. been years since I've seen one. But I remember reading years ago in Charisma Magazine. Uh, they, were, they were talking about some rock bands where people had gotten saved. And it listed some rock bands that, that frankly, I had listened to, grew up listening to. And so it was interesting to me. And one of them was this guy from Kansas, Kerry Livgren, had gotten saved. He was the songwriter for them and, and keyboard and guitar player. And then there was this guy from this group called the Moody Blues. Anybody ever hear them? Yeah. Moody Blues? Yeah, I grew up listening to them, you know? <laughs> Dates me, I guess. I don't know. But I, I probably had all their albums, you know? And, and, and uh, this guy from the Moody Blues, turns out, was a Christian. John Lodge, I think his name is. Is that the bass player? Anyway, uh, and, and in this article I was reading in Charisma, he apparently had, had gotten really uh, like, a, a, like a terminal kind of illness. And, you know, it wasn't widely known or anything. But he was touring with the band. And, and it said in this article in Charisma magazine, it said that he, his band was in this town that was about three hours away from a place where this guy named Benny Hinn. Have you ever heard of this guy named Benny? He wears white suits and stuff, you know? <laughs> anyway, Benny Hinn was, was there. So you know what this guy, Lodge, what he did is his band was in this town. He drove three hours to go to the Benny Hinn meeting, and he got healed. You know, I've been in Benny Hinn meetings before. I, not a, I, when I was a young uh, believer, he used to come to my church. And nobody knew who he was. I didn't know who he was. Nobody knew who he was. Benny was just finding out who he was. And, and he'd come periodically. He always preached the same message every time. You know? And I know Liz saw Benny Hinn in Israel once because and, and, she grew up there. But, uh, and, and I went to see him a few years back and I, I was really, it was cool because the guy just preached the word and people got healed. But there was like a gift in him. There's like a gift of healing that flows through Benny Hinn. And, you know, is other people's faith involved? Yeah, sure. But sometimes people just get healed in meetings like that, just bam. Catherine Kuhlman, you want a real treat, go on YouTube sometime. <laughs> Hold on to your seats. <laughs> Ready for drama. But Catherine Kuhlman, uh, you know, would have people just get healed. Bam, bam, bam. You know, I'm going to just tell you this. I'm not going to go too much further today. But I'll just tell you this. A lot of the healings that took place in Catherine Kuhlman's ministry, a lot of healings that take place in Benny Hinn's ministry, are a result of a gift of the Spirit. 
All right? God, God you know, has this operation working through them. And people get healed. Well, you know, uh, if you get healed through a gift of the Spirit, you know, you get healed, but you've got to use your faith when you walk it out. You've got to use your faith to keep that healing. Now, anybody, anybody, you don't have to drive three hours. Anybody can get healed with their own faith. Okay? Am I, am I confusing anybody? I'm just laying this stuff out there because I know people have questions about this. And, you know, we're going to talk about this for a few weeks. You know, I don't, I don't know if I could answer. I can't answer. Some, I have questions sometimes, you know. But I'm telling you what, we've learned a few things, too, over the years. And, and uh, we're going to spend a few weeks and just talk about healing. Because it's a reality. It's something that belongs to you. Now, where were we? This, this woman, Jesus, said, Your faith made you whole. Go in peace. Be whole of your plague. When I was a kid, I used to, my parents would have TV on in the morning, on Sunday mornings, and, and Oral Roberts would be on. Does anybody ever, ever see those things? It's probably on YouTube, too. I don't know. But Oral Roberts was, you know, a healing minister, had great things happen in his tent meetings. He, he had the largest tent in the world at one time and had these big tent meetings, and people would come and, you know, get healed. Brother Hagen a lot of times would do meetings in towns where Oral Roberts had been. And when people got healed in Oral Roberts meetings, Oral would actually tell them, listen, guy's going to come to town in a few weeks named Kenneth Hagen. You need to go to his meetings and he'll teach you how to keep your healing. Sometimes people get healed, but they need to know how to keep their healing. You get healed and you keep your healing by faith, by faith. I'll tell you wild things. You know, back in the 40s, you know, probably, I don't know, how long did the healing revival go? Anyway, there was a revival of healing, you know, that, that was in America and throughout the world, and, and wild things would happen. You know, there was a guy, and I actually saw this guy, that as a young lad, his mom brought him to a meeting of Jack Coe's. You guys probably don't know Jack Coe, but Jack Coe was a healing evangelist in the day. And it was said he had, had just like, like wild faith. He'd the, he's the guy that would kick the crutches out from somebody, you know, and walk, you know, and, and just do wild things. So this lady brought this young son to the meeting she goes up to Brother Coe and says, I need you to pray for my son that he could see. And Jack Coe didn't ask anymore. Sometimes you can ask too many questions. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know God. You need to know healing power works. So Jack Coe grabbed him by the head and said, I command these eyes to see her beast. Son, see in Jesus' name. You know, something like that. I don't know exact words. But he commanded sight to be there. And what the mother had failed to tell Jack is that his, her son didn't actually have an eyeball. And that he had a prosthetic eye in one of the sockets. And, and when they walked away, he could see. He could see. Now, did God put a new eyeball in there? No. God has a sense of humor. 
he could see without the eyeball. He could see without the eyeball. Now, years later, it would have been in the 80s, there was this tent preacher that, that I became familiar with, Donnie Johnson. He was a, came out of the Shambach ministry and actually did a tent meeting with him once years. I didn't preach at it, but we helped him and facilitated things for him. But, uh, but anyway, uh, he brought this guy to uh, a meeting, and, and uh, the very guy that got healed in Jack Ho's ministry. And, and he, he just sat up there in front of us all, and he popped his eyeball out, held his, and it's really something, man, held it open, walked down all the rows and showed us all. There's only about 100 of us there. And he could see out of that eye, without the eyeball. But he said the greater miracle was he could put the eyeball in, and he could see through that. That's a sign and a wonder. God does a lot of wild things. But what I'm telling you today is you can be healed by your faith. You can be healed by your faith. One thing I'll leave you with today is you need to be careful what you listen to. I'll read you one scripture. This is like a two-scripture service today, I guess. Mark 4.24. Jesus talking here, uh, and he said this. He said, take heed to what you hear. Take heed to what you hear. With the measure you meet, it'll be measured to you. And to you that hear shall more be added. Take heed to what you hear. Now, I said this in a, in a sense earlier in this message, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to close with this. One big key to faith is listening to the right stuff. Don't allow yourself to listen to a bunch of doubt and unbelief. You know, don't walk around. You know, I'm not telling you to go to walk around with your fingers in your ear unless you need to. Take heed to what you hear. Listen to things that build you up. Listen to things that feed your faith. You know, you know Mark Hankins, when his wife had a, had a brain tumor, he, 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 he got a hold of the hospital door and he filtered who could come in and who couldn't. He wouldn't even allow some relatives in the room. I imagine that caused a stir. But the thing is, is his wife is healed and alive. He grilled every nurse and doctor and said this in a firm voice. He said, listen, you're in that room. You'll say nothing negative. Do you hear me? I'm paying the bill. You'll not speak any doubt and unbelief. You got anything to say, you'll say it out in the hall to me. He wouldn't allow it in the room. Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. You know, faith is a fight. Faith is a fight. Listen to things that'll build you up. This woman heard about Jesus. What'd she hear? She, had, she didn't hear a bunch of religious junk. Excuse me. She heard the truth. She heard the truth. So it, 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 it compelled her so much that she pressed through the crowd. She was an unclean woman. It was against the law for her to do what she did, but she pressed through because she saw the end result. She saw healing power. She laid hold on it with her faith. Tell you what, it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference in your natural body. Hallelujah. Take heed what you hear. 
We'll stop with that today. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.